0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the new season of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. We got a nice juicy one here for you guys. I'm AJ. I'm Frank. And today we're talking about the Suicide Squad. 2021 is directed by James Gunn.
1: The Uh, the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Not Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad.
0: You know, it's going to be interesting looking back as people try to find out which movie they should indeed watch, um, because it's not like you could totally skip Suicide Squad twenty sixteen anymore. Um, nah. But you know, I,
1: well, I feel like they're starting to try to distance themselves from it.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree with you there. <laughs> uh, I think this movie rocks. Um, I think James Gunn is cool. That was the thing I was trying i was gonna say on facebook all weekend i was trying to say but i never had time to um and it was awesome to see in the theaters this was a good theater watch
1: that's good i did not see it in theaters i watched it on hbo max um i would have liked to maybe but um i knew this was a solo venture for myself and um, i see in the absence of any friends (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on. I honestly didn't even try. I was just like, I'm just going to watch this at home. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I, I wonder how was it in the theater? Was it, do you feel like it, it ne- was it fun for me and Shayna.
0: It wasn't like a packed theater with people there. Shayna was trying to avoid that. Yeah. But it was like, it was fun to go. And the whole experience was cracked. Like it just, constantly change of direction
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i guess how many movies have debuted that we've watched now at home like uh, of you know i'm glad i saw black widow in theaters but then seeing this one back at home it's like okay this feels like an event um i i didn't wasn't spoiled on anything but i was just ready to watch it like i guess i watched it like late saturday night well, I'm definitely like,
0: excited to watch it, like, at my house. Like, I think that'll be cool, too. Yeah,
1: and you have the benefit of it not costing you any more.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they <laughs> really got to figure say, that out. A Black Widow over there. Yeah, they should give you a code. I'm like, I'll watch Definitely that they should have given you a code. That's a genius-level marketing ploy, Frank. This is why you're in marketing. <laughs> See? Genius.
1: Yeah. Um, call me. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Suicide Squad, uh, we wanted to do, like, the lead up and do the original movie and maybe take a detour on James Gunn. But, you know, we decided to take a break instead. uh, We needed it. So um, it's good to just like, just dive right in. And um, Also,
0: you shouldn't, you know what, I think watching that movie before this movie would have been a detriment. Probably. You know? I also watched
1: Suicide Squad, like right around when we saw Birds of Prey, I think. So it still feels like, Kind of fresh in my memory. Um,
0: but let's it, start. Yeah. Can, I want to start on a couple of the f- philosophical things here. That one, um, I want to start with looking back on it now. Do you think that Will Smith was part of the problem of the first suicide squad? Um, no. Okay. All right. Let's hold on that for a second. <laughs> okay. Then, number two number 2 uh frank you had some thoughts that you said off air where you were saying i don't know i feel differently after seeing it a couple of days out uh can you explain that to me and the rest of our friends here because i'm curious to hear what you're you're feeling now
1: yeah so uh watching it saturday night I, you know, I've got a margarita with me. I'm I'm, I'm watching it in my, my, my den with my, my nice TV and everything. Yeah. It's a nice den. Just just chilling. Just like having a good time, was able to pause when I wanted to get a refill, whatever. Um, and you know, pretty much after that went to bed and like the next day or two days later, I've been just thinking about it and it's, I guess I, I appreciate the movie for what it was, but I'm not, like, this was, like, amazing or the best thing. I guess there were certain beats in it that I was like, oh, like, well, that would have been great to not have been spoiled in a trailer. Or, like, that would have been, um like, I wish they fleshed this character out more because I think that would have been an interesting to us. I, I guess I just it does feel like a big step up from the original one. And I do feel like it's more true to their, uh, the idea of what they are in the comic books. Um, but, and I would like to see more of it, but I, am not like, Oh, this is like the pinnacle of like superhero movie ing, you know, which I don't think it's trying to be, but I think there's just a couple things in there that I'm like, all right, I kind of wish there was more of this. Okay. Yeah,
0: I hear you. I hear you. I, I definitely understand what you're talking about. I think that some of the reviewer people like they have to say these things to get people to read their article anyway. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think this is more about superhero movies than it is a great or like a majestic superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. Because this is not. I don't think this is majestic in the way that you know. And and I'm And again. And, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention Spider-Man 2 and the first X-Men movie and seeing Dark Knight in the fucking theater. But like this, you know, the Avengers, you know, we all kind of look at that now as the pinnacle superhero movie. And, you know, to me, this had definitely a very good and interesting play on the Avengers and, and kind of that whole turn of the fourth act right where you know we find out from amanda waller after starro has broken loose spoilers everybody we're sorry uh after starro has broken loose that you know we are you know they're not going to intervene and that the u.s government is not going to do this similar to you know the avengers when they decide that they're going to bomb new york city Mm -hmm. only it doesn't put a ticking clock on them right it's just actually the inaction is a similar, you know, message that the, the government is trying to send and the, uh, the message of the movie is trying to bring home. However, yeah. what happens in that moment is you see this real group of ragtag anti-heroes, this real group of ragtag villains become anti-heroes in that moment, knowing that they don't want to cause, you know, more damage, you know, by their own doing. You know, it's 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 more, you know, like I think about as eth- ethical CYA covering your own ass yeah. than it is as like people are stepping up to save the day. Whereas like they know that they have the powers to stop this thing and that they if they work together, they probably can. So like For they sure. kind of have to, you know, because if they don't, they're just going to get, you know, butt fucked more by the system. You know, so like it's, it was kind of an interesting thing. At least I thought maybe people don't feel right. that way. And they were uh, never
1: going to be like, okay, we're going to become the next like Guardians of the Galaxy. They're not no, like deciding and, and- to become a team to do better for like, we're now going to work together forever. It's like, no, no, it's like, this is, this is the mission. And then, then they will like go back their separate ways and they may never even see each other again. And that's mm-hmm. like, for okay. sure
0: that's definitely the 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 ending point right like they they're trying to say that like unlike guardians where like they're gonna go on and fight Thanos and be're gonna be a family <laughs> and, and yada 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 like this group like they're here to do a job they do their job and then when they go on their own shit they are on their own shit yeah and I think that that's actually kind of fun because if you th- think about it the way that I think Gunn approached it from the beginning like his inception of meeting it was like I don't need this you know group of people that they saddled me with from the first movie I could take a couple of them and you know deal with the legacy things that I know about but I don't have to I'm not obligated to you know bring back Killer Croc I'm not obligated to make it feel like you know this weird alternative comic book romp thing you know he's like I'm gonna make my own shit and, and, th- and, and that, I think, is refreshing and, and exciting. And the larger philosophical point here I want to talk about is, like, Gunn has been talking a ton. Like, he's been doing a ton of interviews, as one would do for any movie like this. Obviously, it's not like, you know, olden times where we would be all, you know, running out and doing shit, uh, which is crazy, right? Like, COVID has affected it even to that level where, like, the way that media and interviews are released is different. Um, but he's out and he's kind of, he talked about a little bit about the difference between, uh, Warners and, uh, Warners or DC, as some of you would call it, I'm always going to call it Warners, Frank call, whatever he wants, but I'm always going to call it Warners. And then, uh, and then Marvel Disney. And I thought what he said was really cool. And what he said was like, I, you know, with this last movie, with suicide squad, like I'm working directly with my producer And he interacts with the studio. I interact with the producer. The producer interacts with the studio. That's it. Right? Mm -hmm. It's very free. Whereas Kevin Feige is the studio in the form of a producer. (laughs) You know? Right. And he acts as both simultaneously. And that, you know, while you, he didn't say this, but, like, ultimately what he's saying is, like, you don't get to do this crazy shit with uh, Marvel. But you have an overarching guidance at you know, that you don't get with DC.
1: Right. Well, and I think it's, you're not necessarily comparing apples and oranges. James Gunn. Right. Like, you're not anymore. That's, that's the thing. Like going with the suicide squad, like they're trying to be the anti what the MCU is doing. Like they're trying not to do that. This is a Radiant R movie. When you're making your guardians of the galaxy movies, like you're distinctly doing something very different. Like, yes, it's a ragtag group of people, but like, it's fitting into this like overall saga, whereas this is very standalone. If if James Gunn, you know, came in at a different time, maybe he would have made a, a standalone movie that wouldn't have been part of this star this story. And so, yeah, I, it's interesting. I think um, I don't know. I I had one other philosophical thought about oh please about this. So like going in, and I feel like. You know, leading up to this movie for years now, they were they were saying like this is a soft reboot. Yes, and and you know, going into it, I was like, oh, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Like soft reboot, whatever. I think this is a soft reboot. Like, I I agree that there is like continuity and there is history there. Like, you know, characters from the last movie like interact and stuff, like know each that. other, right, and know each other, but. Bloodsport is basically Deadshot. (laughs) Like they're the same.
0: Yeah, they both
1: have daughter issues. Like,
0: come on. Like, well, well, did they just
1: get Idris Elba because Will Smith couldn't do it? Like, that's what it feels like. And they just wanted to leave the door open to bring him back if they could at some point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Recasting him, you know.
0: Well, I think now probably Will Smith will want to come back. And I think that would be very cool because I would think it would be very interesting to see Deadshot versus Bloodsport. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, um, I think to my earlier point that Will Smith is part of the problem of the original Suicide Squad. Hmm. That we were not prepared as a comic book going movie intelligent audience to see Will Smith, Jay from Men in Black, you know, um, you know, will smith of independence day like be a b-level character and i think that he was not given any of the awesome uh character stuff that bloodsport was given in this movie in the different way which is fundamentally show don't tell right Mm -hmm. like you know i think you know Yes, like it's, it's essentially the same character, but it's about how stupid these third tier villains are, right? Like they're all weapons experts <laughs> yeah. who have great abilities with, you know, different kinds of materials. You know, that's all their same backstory. Well, um, and they're I think not there's not developed like, enough. There's a funny
1: beat where it's like um, Peacemaker. And Bloodsport are like, well, but we're the same, and I think that's also kind of like them winking at the fact that, yeah, he's basically the same as Deadshot, right?
0: Yeah, he's definitely the same as Deadshot, and you know, it's it's just it's, you know, we ha- it's it's saying to us like, look at these people that you idolized in the comics, like, right, like they have their. What's interesting is about them is their character and their backstory, not necessarily their superpowers, right? It's kind of a Marvel thing in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, like, they're trying to show you the personality of that person even more. And, you know, it very well could have been, you know, that a part of it is that Idris Elba, like, he just, like, he's a good actor, and I think that he just, like, he kind of got into this role a little bit, and, like, he just looked like he didn't want to be there, which is a great way to act. And, you know, he he kind of delivers and did you see
1: um Hobbs and Shaw
0: no I did not okay did you
1: see this I well in my catching up of all the Fast and the Furious movies in 2020 and 2021 I did watch Hobbs and Shaw I haven't seen Fast 9 yet although it's now on demand and I might do it um it just like there's some beats in there where I'm like this feels like that where you've got like these two alphas like
0: Exactly. Butting heads.
1: And you get a little bit of that in the Fast and Furious movies, too. But um, so it just kind of felt like that. And obviously Idris Elba is in Hobbs and Shaw, even though he's a villain. Um, Right. So anyway, side note. So um, we're we're deep into spoilers. So if you are still here, sorry. um, You should have watched this movie before listening. Um, Yeah, sorry. So we've got some notes. This movie starts off Really crazy.
0: Yeah. I I think, you know. I was like, what?
1: We're following Michael Rooker through this? This is not what I expected. Like, he's a central
0: character. Yeah. I think when you start this movie, you know, and, and you're seeing Michael Rooker and you're kind of going through this first few beats, you're like, oh, my God. It's a great reintroduction to this world, right? Yeah. And it really flows very nicely. It feels seamless and exciting and you're like what is about to happen what is going on and then we start to see all of you know you know all these characters that we've been promised from the marketing yeah and here they are realized in full color on the big screen or in your small you know in your home screen and you're like oh my god this is going to be great and then they have the best banter scene in all of the dcu period right like Yeah, it's awesome. Like the flight sequence where they're all talking about, like, who's Weasel and what's going on. Like, it is very it's it's very Joss Whedon, but it's uh. that's very James Gunn. It's very James Gunn. And and, like it it felt funny and uh, exciting and silly and irreverent. And like you're kind of getting a flavor of like what's about to happen. And then you see all these characters, which some of them, you know, some of them you don't. And you just immediately see them get dropped off and they have to, you know, and then weasel. Like, that That sequence was, was just crazy, right? Like, that, that, that he just drowns immediately. And then you're <laughs> like, what? What's happening here? And he goes in, he saves him, he comes back, he's dead. Holy shit. And now here we are on the beach as what we're thought of our movie is going to be is completely decimated in the most graphic, gory, ridiculous, you know, very Zack Snyder fashion.
1: Right. Well, it's like, because you're like, oh, Harley Quinn is in, is here. Like you're, she's like not going anywhere. Right. Like, so they, they give you that like um, sense of safety um, uh, with this group. And it's like, you know, like with this movie, like suicide squad, even the first one, like most of the characters die, or like you know there was someone it was it slipknot in the first movie got got his head blown up by like um abandoning the team or whatever so it's like you figure a lot of these people aren't going to make it but <laughs> right they just like i mean i think i have a list here tdk blackguard captain your Uberang. name is letters <laughs> Javelin, oh uh, my god! Mongol, Savant, uh, like all these characters, they just get wiped out in the opening sequence. It was before the the
0: title card, right? It was. It was really wild, man. It it, it happened so fast. <laughs> it happened so know? fast. Well, so I guess the,
1: the idea is that Pete Davidson sold them out, though, right? This wasn't really the plan, <laughs> or it right. kind of was. Like, I think, because what I'm try- I was trying to think about is, like, okay, so Amanda Waller, like, I totally understand her plan of sending in two teams, one that's, like, really got the mission, one is more of a distraction. But I don't think she planned for them to go up against an entire army, right? Like, like there's no way that she was planning to sacrifice Rick Flagg, right? Like, that just seems, like, really, really shitty of her. <laughs> and I know she's really, really shitty. Right. Um, but no. I, I do think that they say that like Pete, Pete, uh, Blackguard like gave them up. And so that's why they all really get decimated.
0: Well, it's also like a very suicide squad thing. Like that happens in almost every suicide squad yeah. story <laughs> Yeah, that somebody turns on the team. Yeah. Um, so that's like very predictable, but I think, you know, it was such a strong choice of him to say like, Look, all these characters you know that you think you're going to watch this whole movie about. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about any of them. And you're going to have to watch all my new characters. I'm very sorry. Well,
1: and it's funny because it's like Nathan Fillion as TDK. I was like, oh, that's going to be so cool. But I'm like, he's got to be like just a cameo. He's not going to make it. But if you've got detachable arms, you got to do more than just slap people. Have two guns at least and just like fly around the room with guns shooting people like that just seems
0: silly it seems crazy it was Um, just absolutely crazy
1: and and i do like that michael rooker's i guess he's what savant like he's the one to to abandon the team like because we watched him the whole time and like finally he just cracks like i thought that it was yeah very very good start um and then we get into introduced to squad two and it's like it's
0: it I love the wipes and the um, the time, yeah, yeah, you know, changes in this movie. It really does feel like a comic book. And I know that, yes. I know that people say that a lot, but like when you're reading a comic book, there are times when you're reading a page and the panel will turn and will say like, you know, eight minutes before, or you know, three days earlier or whatever, and you'll be brought to a different part of the story in a cool artistic way. And I think that they really embrace that like with all of the James Gun grossness that you want. And I lo- I loved it. I thought that it was it felt very original. It felt very his flavor, but also um, like it, it works within his world, you know mm-hmm. uh, And they've so got like
1: titles too. It's like they're like sequences or scenes like where it's like this is the or chapters. I guess they're almost more like chapters.
0: Sure. And you see it, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, you know, check check this part out. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: you know, and they change it sometimes. I thought that was very silly and cool. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I I, I I liked all of those. Um, let's talk about our team here because you know we, we talked a little bit about how Bloodsport and, and Deadshot are very similar. We can we're gonna talk about that again in a, in a just a hot second, but. I want to talk about like the rest of the team that we're going to follow for this movie mm-hmm. because we really get to meet them here, um, which is after uh, Bloodsports recruited. Um, so Peacemaker, which we've already mentioned, men- played by John Cena, uh, this is a direct goof on Captain America, right?
1: <laughs> pretty much,
0: <laughs> you know. So he's this character which pretty much says like I'm a mercenary. Not uh, actually, no, he's not a mercenary. He works for the government, but he's willing to do any level of fucked up shit for the government. Doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, Doesn't matter. Will it not important. To him.
1: Wants to keep the peace by any violent means necessary.
0: <laughs> exactly. And he's awesome. Uh, I think John Cena, like of any movie, like he's, I've seen him in so far, he really disappeared into this role. Yeah. And like he got into it and he like really looked good in the costume. And I thought he like even when he was naked in the tidy whiteys like he's still like so in character of that character yeah Um. very excited to see the show i think the show could be very cool yeah um that they're talking about we'll talk about that later i guess yeah, yeah. uh rat catcher 2 uh this was a you know i mean talk about a crazy poll right um rat <laughs> catcher 2 what we couldn't get rat
1: catcher 1 <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking a uh yeah. they get you know this bitch who controls rats i'm sorry to say that like that but that's pretty much what she does and she's a great character and she's got you know this little wand thing and then the rats come and she learned from her father Ratcatcher one who showed her the ways of the rats and she's um, got her
1: little buddy sebastian who wears he's a little
0: adorable and like the problem thing. is Jacket. is he they make the rats too cute it, yeah you well, you know, you have to make the rats disgusting and they made this rat uh, adorable and, and lovable. And you're like, oh, I love these rats. But you forget that, like, they're rats and they're horrible. We live in New York City where there's where we lived. We lived in New York City where rats are abundant. Yeah. And, like, they're horrible. So, well, like, make. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I do think I think you have to make Sebastian cute because because of what he does. And so yeah. I, I don't know how. Up close and personal, we get to the rest of the rats because when you see a whole swarm of them, I got the little heebie jeebies. Like that's just gross. Like them climbing all over you and stuff. And yeah, like they were but they're CGI, so it's like, yeah, they they don't look real real.
0: <laughs> but they're terrifying, Frank's. They're gross. I hate rats. No <laughs> rats for me, man. No, thank you. No. Anyway, um, these rats, uh, Ratcatcher 2, she's part of the team. The most fun part, the greatest pull, I mean, easily the most fun of the movie, is this character King Shark, played by his Fluster Stallone, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's, 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 it's in all the ways Killer Croc, the special effects makeup on him is amazing, and he's underutilized, and you can't understand what he says, and you, you don't know what's going on with him like this character is just is pure comedy. It's yeah. just it, it, and it's it's beautiful and he, the the CGI is not so good that it looks real, which is so amazingly different from Killer Croc, which when you have this amazingly, you know, real character and then you go to this which is so obviously CGI and there's no attempt to like, you know, show the, any practical means of this character. Uh yeah, it's man. also a
1: giant walking shark.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're you're not wrong, Frank. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, uh, I, it's like I don't care if it doesn't look real; it it's not. <laughs> right. It, it's 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 wild. Um, yes. Uh, King Shark. Your thoughts, Frank?
1: Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Was it N- Nanawe? Is is that his name?
0: I think Nanawe. Yes, yeah. he's a demigod, some kind of you know ancient Polynesian god who is you know.
1: Sure. I mean, I think it's just crazy because I mean, I think he was on the Flash at one point. um But yes. you think about him, and he's like this deadly, scary character. But he's just like this goober. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> hand. <laughs> yes, in <no> that way. <laughs> and nobody's even que- nobody even questions it because they know how like dangerous he is. He's like they're like yes. Num
1: num 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 bird <laughs> <laughs> off comms now
0: uh, you know, yeah, no, oh he, my god it so was good. great so uh then, you know still, what
1: yeah very Groot
0: very Groot but very r-rated Groot you know what i mean like yeah in all the ways Groot can't be like like Groot does some crazy shit in the movies, but like, we don't get to see the blood. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. in this one, like we're chomping down guys. Like <laughs> He's it's just really, smacking on some guy's head. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's excellent. Um, the, you know, th- I think Stallone did good. I think Stallone could do good voice acting. You know, it's interesting to me that he hasn't done a ton of it before, you know, Yeah. yeah. but I think he did. He think he did. Okay. I wonder if he was ever on set, you know?
1: Yeah. Good question. Um, and then what's our our last one polka dot man polka dot man the unsung hero of the d c multiverse david dust malchian
0: yeah man this guy's in this guy's in a lot of d c projects
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh he was in this like again he was one that when they cast him and they saw this character it was like he's not gonna be a major part of this movie. He's going to be in, like, two scenes, and he's going to die. Like, that's just the... That's what my expectation... I thought he would have been lumped in with the rest of the people. But he's, like... He's there the entire time. And he's it, a major part of the movie. Major part of the movie.
0: You know... Um, uh, I think he's a great actor. I think he does a great job with the role. Um, I don't know if I loved the approach I think it was just a little I think going with the more obvious version of like that he's always he always wanted to be a superhero and that he like he couldn't figure out how to do it and then he got in trouble is Mm -hmm. a stronger chord than like oh I hate my mom and I don't know how to deal with these hallucinations or my mom and it's all fucked up and I'm all fucked up and I don't know what's going on and I'm fucked up you know what I mean yeah Uh, But I I did like it. And and I think that, you know, it's designed to make you he's designed to make you fall in love with him. You know what I mean? Right. Right. This is his this is going to be his biggest movie where he's the main a major focus, not the main, but a major focus. Sure. Yeah. Of an ensemble like he's a he's a very big part of it.
1: It's also very gross (laughs) when you really think about it.
0: Well, (laughs) it's interesting because this is like an old OG like Batman you know, golden age comic villain, you know what I mean? So updating the origin as they have to this point, like it's as good as it can be, but like, how are they going to make this look any like anything in film? You know what I mean? And then to explain it the way that they do in, in the way that it kind of presents itself, I think is, is pretty good. It's you feel for him. You feel this, like an interdimensional virus, like, fuck yeah. that's
1: crazy yeah well, and, and and i think because of that it's like oh it does so much like damage to him that like okay when he you know sp- expels them it like just like mutilates people it's like okay yeah that's really yeah. dangerous
0: <laughs> it's he's not to be trifled with he's a he's a real threat and i yeah. liked how when he doesn't use his powers he it actually physically causes him pain and harm because it it turns him all fucked up looking. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was very interesting and innovative. Yeah. Um I really liked uh, you know I didn't love him and I, and I don't know if that's who I wanted to see in this movie. It's interesting that we didn't get a choice, but I felt he was like you know his job was huge and I felt him having his big moment, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still love him from Dark Knight. I think he's such a great, scary, ne'er-do-well-looking character. And that moment is so important in the movie when, you know, Batman confronts Harvey, Harvey Dent before he turns full bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that, that – I mean, like, it was really – so that's 2008. How many years ago is that from now, Franks? 13. So a bar mitzvah ago, <laughs> like, we're literally – like drunk like and high as, as balls like in beach hut shirts like in the back of a theater watching dark night <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. that's crazy that's a long time ago
1: it's a long time ago um yeah and he he uh he's been on on the tv shows he was on gotham he was on flash he was on um I feel like he was in something else. I saw an article about it. But anyway, obviously, he's also in the Marvel Universe. Um, yes. In the Man movies. So, yeah. Yeah, but so. he
0: has a shit role in those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Duh.
1: Um, anyway, okay. So, while there's, like, an, an A squad, like, we do still follow the survivors of, uh you know, the other squad, um, Harley Quinn and, and Rick Flagg. Um, Harley gets—they uh, both get captured, but they get captured by different people. Um, which yes presents with the first one with Rick Rick Flag presents a very hilarious sequence when they have to go rescue him from what they think is the uh, Corto Maltese government or um you know militia or whatever it is. Yep. And and they're ordered to, uh, you know, kill everyone they see <laughs> and they get to the tent. Uh, I mean, it's a great sequence. I mean, I, I love the, the, the interplay between Bloodsport and, and peacemaker, how they're like trying to one up each other. Again, if you've, you probably even saw the trailers for Hobbs and Shaw, it's like, it's, they're just like two alphas, like, Oh, you know, I could do better than you. I could do better than you. And, um, great sequence. And then they find out that they just killed all of the freedom (laughs) fighters.
0: It's an, it's so awesome. That's such an amazing sequence. Yeah. It's so great. And like you get like James Gunn is so good at like showcasing personality through action. Like he just gets action. Like there's, Mm. well, he knows how to add on to it. You know what I mean? To make it funny, to make it salient, to make it important to the plot. That it's not just there to like be a part of the movie that you're paying your money for, like it actually like means something and and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh my god, like that sequence is is it's it's so fucking it, it, it's just like it's so well shot and well directed and it's such a funny great joke, like ugh, it's so so comic book. Yeah. Again.
1: And, and like I read something today, how it's this was one of those it was a little controversial, I guess. The, sure from like the execs producer standpoint but also it's like we don't have any attachment to these freedom fighters yeah it's it's like the enemy of my enemy is your friend sort of thing and it, it, it by having um Amanda Waller order them to do this it's really on her you know like they're just going in doing what they're they're told and um obviously it doesn't it it's clear by the end of the movie that not every single freedom fighter was killed but it was like a very large portion of them um so yeah great beat and and then we have Rick Flag and but they still do need to go rescue one Harley Quinn um but does she need rescuing never nope she's amazing she um, is amazing yeah
0: once again so let's we're gonna so when she's brought in and you see her kind of be given this full evita treatment by the brother we would be remiss to not play the plot game uh which i think (laughs) i can do uh amanda waller sends the suicide squad to corto maltese to stop a coup by a general and his nephew who are intent on conquering an island nation with an immense weapon of mass destruction beyond all recognition. Um, so they get so they get there and, you know, this guy is played by a super handsome guy and it's a very lovely, very funny sequence where he you know this guy tries to woo uh our beloved harley quinn yep and you know she he gives her a dress he gives her the makeup he shows up she feels like a princess and it's a um a really cool sequence i love how james gunn will always tie the music he's using back into a scene Mm -hmm. and that like you know, we're using that music to showcase Harley Quinn's thoughts, you know. And that I, and when she's finally brought back to reality after they've um you know, they're you know talking about what comes next. I, I just think it's like you know, this is Harley Quinn owning her own character, you know. Right, and
1: you know, he he says that he wants to or he proposes to her basically um because to, to gain more uh sympathy with the people because he sees her as this like anti-american person and that would really resonate with the people blah 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 um is that like be- is that before or after they have sex no they have sex after that right
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> um and you think, you know, it's like you're just following along. This is like, okay, this is what what Harley Quinn's going for. Like, she just wants to be with this dude. And then just, like, out of nowhere, just shoots him. <laughs> like, Right. And, and because, like, she has her own logic of what's going on and she sees her red flags. Obviously, she was with the Joker for so long and is very emotionally scarred from from that relationship and so yeah um again another big misdirect which i think they just continued to nail in this movie
0: yeah it i was really excited for evita harley quinn i thought it would have been kind of cool to see her kind of side with the villains and to like take a different part of the plot you know but it sets up you know what I think will become the iconic Harley Quinn scene, Harley Quinn scene, everyone will remember, which is her escape from the compound. And it's just like, it's just amazing. It's. And
1: that, the, I, this is another thing I read today. Her escape when she did the, uh, the key and unlocked herself. Yes. Margot
0: Robbie did that. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, she's as good as Hugh Jackman Wolverine casting, yep. you know, like, perfect. and perfect, you know, in suicide squad, we meet her, you know, she's not given, um, you know, a ton to do. She's, she's part of the plot. Yes, but she's not given, you know, a large part of, you know, Kind of the, you know, is she the the hero of the whole day? I don't know. Um, You know, it seemed like Will Smith was in that Mm. movie. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, and then Birds and Prey, we learn about her personality. And we get kind of her, you know, what she's going to be like going forward in this new universe. And this movie, we get her action sensibility. And to why we love Harley Quinn, you know, like she's a badass. She's independent. She's, you know, just as, you know, a big of a threat as the Joker. And it, I think she proved it. And, and it's also fun when she's like singing the song and then we hear her singing along kind of to the song, the music in her head. Mm-hmm. And then to see the imagery you know instead of it, it which it's very very gory but to also see the images of the the flowers and this kind of really beautiful you know splash page, yeah yeah it's it's just it's just awesome yeah
1: i mean it, like and in birds of prey there there were some excellent action sequences of to see how like how physically imposing she can be and you know just again she does it again and it's so funny when they when she had the the javelin early in the movie i'm like that's gonna come back and play later that's gotta come back and like oh yeah i love that beat um is this i'm trying to remember when's the louis is this the louis prima song or is it that later
0: no this is the this is the louis prima yeah and it's just like nobody nobody. it's so good (laughs) oh it's it's excellent it's it's epic. It's, it really is epic. Like it's beyond, um, it it will transcend time and space. (laughs) And, and that's like an amazing thing that it's also shot. So great. Like it's shot from her point of view. Yes. Like, like that's such a crazy idea that like how many action sequences have we seen of Batman, you know, Mm -hmm. do we ever really see his point of view? You know, like, are we really seeing him fight? through his eyes or are we seeing it through you know the director you know like whereas this like the director is saying no this is her point of view of her fighting right. look at this mm-hmm. you know and and that's awesome and, and then for it to you know for them to be trying to rescue her at the same uh, time and she's so sweet and she's like i could go back inside <laughs> 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 so Oh my god! We were cracking up. We were screaming at the theater. Nobody, nobody else was laughing at like the really dark, fucked up shit. Like <laughs> Shayna and I. Shayna's Shayna's pretty dark, so sh- she can kind of get it and like really cackle like at the really fucked up, crazy shit. Yeah. And then like like when Pete Davidson's face got fully blown off, like she was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, "You fucking deserved like, it." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, uh. But yeah, it was. Shit, okay. So let's talk about a few other things here. Where are we at the runtime? We're probably oh fuck 45-ish, Yeah. Okay. So we got to talk about some other things. Um, I want to talk about uh, Viola Davis, Amanda Waller. Um, James Gunn got her, she nailed her, boom, perfect. Viola Davis got her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like it's it's kind of a tough character to get. You know, I think the best version of it is actually like the Justice League uh, Batman animated series version Mm. um, where you kind of see her being tougher and she's more of an antagonist to Batman than she is anything else. Whereas this character like fully embraces it and is as dark as you imagine and is as unforgiving as you imagine. And like the whole performance, um, you know, when you see her blow up Savant's head, like you're like, holy shit like this is something we did not get in the last movie.
1: Yeah, and like in the last movie wasn't she sort of like a part of the plot in a way? Like I don't think she was like I think she was like on site too and they had to like rescue her or something. It, it just wasn't it wasn't the same dynamic as having her so far removed where she like doesn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> like she's not no, there. She does not give a shit.
1: Yeah. Um very but and, like I don't know. I think it's all. I think they did a really good job sh- having this, like, showing the, the the office and showing like this team of people that like works
0: for her. It's like felt very Cabin in the Woods.
1: I haven't seen that, so I don't. Oh uh,
0: well, okay. you're. Come on, that's a great fucking movie. Um, in Cabin in the Woods, the whole team that you see is constantly joking about what's going on, and then you see that they're actually gambling on the outcome of the movie. So take ah, a look at
1: that. Okay, so that's why that they did that here.
0: Yes. Which, with uh, the
1: Suicide Squad, is like, of course you're going to do that. You're like, yeah, right. who, they're not going to make it out. Who's going to go? <laughs> that's the whole point of this.
0: It would um, have been cool had this movie had another 10 minutes, mm-hmm. if you could have shown like one of those people going home, you know what I mean? Like their life in this crazy superhero world or like
1: I wanted to see the results. I wanted to see like who made what money <laughs> and like going sure. out and like buying something really cool <laughs> because they, they won the bet. <laughs>
0: yes. So who, I wonder who won. I'm sure it's the girl who punched Viola Davis. I'm sure she did. Um, okay. I let's talk about Staro. So, well,
1: so, before yeah, so basically they they're, they're going to the city to Jotunheim where Starro is being held. But in order to like get in, they need to meet the Thinker, and they're gonna go find him at a bar that he goes to because he does. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so we Starro, go ahead.
0: So Starro, Starro is like a, a Silver Age comic villain from the early days of the justice league where it's just a giant intergalactic starfish. Um, and they didn't, this is, it's pretty similar to what this is here. Um, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was an Avengers level threat and that like, and that James Gunn knows that fucking term. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, he knows that like, you know what? This movie needs an Avengers level threat. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, what's going to get the Avengers to show up? Oh, a giant galactic starfish? Yes, definitely. And I loved the characterization of Star of Starro. I like that he could speak through his host people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. Um, I thought that kind of the backstory on him being discovered by the Americans and then being partnered, the Cor- Corto Maltesians partnered with them and to keep it uh, off American know, did experiments and all the gruesome experiments were very good, and this movie is largely about, you know, control. Um, Yeah, I thought it was very cool. So, I don't think I'm against the
1: concept of Starro as much as I'm against the concept that they revealed Starro in the marketing. Because my impression when we're watching the trailer is like, oh they're going to fight Starro and like, that's going to be like the opening in the movie. And then there's going to be something else that they've got to, you know, get around and like and whatever the real threat is. How much better would it have been if like, and maybe they shouldn't call it project starfish, or maybe if they did call it project starfish and they didn't show Starro, then we're like, I wonder if it's going to be Starro. And then when we finally fucking see Starro, it's there You know what I mean? Because I just feel like, okay, we've seen the end of the movie in the trailer. And I imagine that they're going to succeed, right? That's just like what happens in these movies. So I guess I was just a little bit lukewarm on that being like, yes, it is a huge Avengers level threat because it literally has grown exponentially since they, they captured it. And it could theoretically, if not handled properly, um, make hosts out of the entire human race.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, I think where I'm going to just add on to what you said here is that, like, yeah, I do agree that if they really kept it super duper dark and we never knew about Starro, it would have been like a huge surprise. And I think people would have really kind of flipped over. I don't think Warner Brothers has the ability to control that level of their marketing totally. So, I'm sorry about that one just outwardly. But I think uh, what I wanted to say is this, which is I think that the marketing for Starro was very smart because nerds like us, we kind of know what Starro is and kind of imagine what it's going to look like in a movie. Whereas when I was in this theater and I saw Starro and how gross and disgusting and crazy and like all encompassing it was, it totally exceeded my expectations of what. I imagine this crazy, you know, silver age villain to be like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it didn't remind me of Cthulhu in the way that like, you know, kind of what Cthulhu is, you know, it's expectation. And when you see it in South park, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, that looks like Cthulhu. Whereas like this, like when it's shooting the small staros out of its armpit, poor, disgusting things. And, you know, King shark is jumping on it and like biting its flesh Yeah. And you see it covered in rats like they kind of brought this level of and especially when you see what happens to people's faces when you rip off the starfish after them. Like it really brings the level of realism and uh, cause and effect that like I think it, it made it in the same way that Surtur wasn't the main villain of Ragnarok. Starro isn't the main villain here either. Yeah. He's a tool of the villain. He's a tool of the plot for whatever's happening. Sure. Yeah. So, like, it, you know, like, I can forgive that. It's also like a kaiju in the DCEU, which we hadn't had yet. And it felt it, it felt like Godzilla. It's a similar – it's the same studio, but, like, it, also, it felt big, right? Like, it didn't feel um, – I can't imagine what, like, a real kaiju would feel like in the MCU just yet. They um, haven't had one, really.
1: Right. No, they haven't.
0: Ant-Man kind of counts, but they never... He's not, like, running through a city fully formed for ten minutes, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, like, some of the Chitari things are gigantic, but they're not stomping around. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so here's another good
0: disagreement, though. Yeah,
1: here's another beat that I, I again was a little bit disappointed with. Um, Is it, like it's not even a beat, but it's a character, uh, the Thinker. Um, I, from my experience and understanding, this character isn't just a smart scientist guy. Like they could have had any smart scientist guy working on Starro and all these experiments. The thinker is supposed to be like this like next level intellect that like sees like through all of your your moves and and like outsmart you. So like to me, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time with the thinker. But like our team always had the upper hand on him and it just felt like why why have him be there? Like what's his what's he bringing to the table?
0: Mm. a benign understanding you know what i mean like mm. somebody kind of in the middle ground you know it's it was definitely it the his whole sequence felt very ego guardians too you know what i mean where yeah. they're like listen to me and i'm important and i have things to say yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> like I'm like give me the fucking giant starfish and how we're going to figure this out and why Harley Quinn <laughs> is here. I bet you she has this javelin for a reason. I'm pretty sure I know where it's going to happen, but I'm curious to see, you know. Yeah. And that I think is enough, you know, whereas James Gunn was very smart in his use of and and also his comic book knowledge to say like I know so much about this lore. That if I use these characters in this order, in this kind of a trailer, you're going to be fucking hooked. And it doesn't really matter what happens in the movie. But in the movie, I'm going to make them count kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Right. Use them until you don't need them. Right. You know, and like every character is used until they can be destroyed for something amazing. Yeah. And I guess that's the like the Tinkerer dying by in in front of. Starro like that was worth it, right? Like even if he was weird and sucked and wasn't like as fun as we could have imagined, like his death was very fun and epic.
1: Right. Yeah, the revenge of Starro to like all those years of torture. It's like, yeah, you fucking deserve that, man. <laughs> like Yeah, what are you doing?
0: So, um I want two other things. Um the first part is I just want to mention that Corto Maltese is mentioned in Batman 1989. Everybody get a boner for the Flash movie that's about to come out. I'm happy you have a boner. It's also mentioned in uh, the Dark Knight Returns comic, yeah. the Frank Miller one. It's where Superman goes and intervenes and the Soviets drop a bomb on him. Um, but Corto Maltese is very classic, you know, D.C., you know, lore island place. And then I also want to talk about kind of the look and the feel of this movie, um, which is different from... A Marvel look and feel because I think Marvel look and feel is trying to aim as close to everyday life as you can. Whereas I think the DC universe is trying to aim for a little bit more heightened, much darker, much uh, crazier, and, you know, kind of a. It has a certain Snyderness to it. And I think the Suicide Squad really cemented kind of that neon colorful aspect of it you know yeah um it's it's, bright. it's it's, It's like it's it's, yeah yeah i love the costumes in this it's so crazy that this fits in with that world even though it's so disconnected but it's not like it's i don't know (laughs) i like the look and feel of it what do you think about it
1: i I do too i mean i think it it, it's awesome but like it is kind of funny to think about uh if if Bloodsport actually did shoot and injure Henry Cavill's Superman that like, these are the same worlds. Like just wrapping your brain around that a little bit or like, you know, the wonder woman world and that this is all the same. It's like, okay. okay. <laughs> but, um, it, it's just fun. I think it's, it's a great look. um,
0: What else we got? Uh, I think that's kind of it. I think the, you know, so they, Harley Quinn, you know, runs and does this beautiful, you know, jump through Starro's eye. So I guess the, the jump through Starro's eye with the javelin
1: to me, I thought it was like, Oh, it's actually not like, did she actually puncture something or was it just always a liquid?
0: No, she, you know, eyes are eyes so that you have the, you know, the small like lens and then you have the insides of your eyes. And I think nobody really tried to, you know, just pierce it with something that was, you know, I think it was also a little bit of a jab at Thor. You know what I mean? Like you have this magical weapon that can just do anything. Okay. Because that, that was
1: my, my impression was like,
0: did, did Harley actually do anything?
1: Or was it really just Ratcatcher 2 and the rats that saved the day?
0: No, like, Harley Quinn knew that she had to use the javelin. Okay. And that, it, you know, it, yeah. and that she was going to jump through the eye and that that was probably a weak spot. Okay. I, I think she's that smart.
1: Okay. So it, her doing that enabled the rats to get in. Because to me, I was like, Correct. I, I guess because they were already kind of all over it, that if the rats just tried to get in, maybe they couldn't before. Okay. That, that, that makes sense. Then it was very team
0: up but still, the rats. <laughs> Couldn't rats. have done it
1: without the rats.
0: Couldn't have done it without the rats. Rats were super important here. Um, and, and they it, were cute at the end.
1: Everybody liked the rats. Everybody liked the rats. He he was petting Sebastian as he was laying on his lap. Very cute. And Taika Waititi, that was that was him as Rat Catcher 1.
0: Um, it must be cool to be Taika. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's everywhere. You know, people are like, you know what, Taika? You're such a great director and awesome dude. Like, not only, you know, do we love you, but we want you to be a cameo in this movie that's going to say a very beautiful line that really isn't that profound. But everyone's going to make a really big deal out of what you do. This? And he's like, yes. And he hits it af- out of the fucking park. Like, that's how awesome being Taika Waititi is. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It, he's great. Um it's very anti-Avengers, you know, like it, it, like we said this at the beginning, but, you know, the whole climax of this movie is like, you know, they're not going to act. They're not going to save them. They're going to let this city get destroyed by this crazy starfish. And mm-hmm. because people are desensitized to the crazy way, way that the world exists in this world, they're not going to care. And these guys don't do that. They act, you know, and even when it's reported upon, they're like these crazy escaped convicts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um like that was that was hilarious to me that's very funny um Um, yeah yeah
1: because they're ordered not to to help there it's like well it's in the united states best interest to to not interfere and so we're gonna pull you out um well and then there's the whole thing with the 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 um information disc it which leads to the big fight between rick flag and and peacemaker which ended in a very,
0: very surprising way, in my opinion. I did not see this coming. Well, again, that speaks to this, like, awesome comic book way that it was shot, right, where you're having this, you know, conflict between two of our leading guys. Yeah. And it's a really well shot out, thoughtful act. Maybe that's James Gunn's philosophy, thoughtful action, where, like, this is a really thoughtful scene where you're seeing this intense conflict play out. You know, one guy wants to release this information to the press and kind of tell everybody what's actually going on here. The other guy's like, no, we have to defend America and do our job and get the fuck out of here. Both sides. I can argue both points on. Right. Um, And then you see their conflict come to a head only for the rug to be pulled out from under you. And you have to go relive, the previous eight minutes to find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and it's one thing to just
1: be like, okay, on paper, um, Peacemaker kills Rick Flagg. But like, it, it's so much more than that, right? They're, like you're absolutely right. The thoughtful action, like how how they get there, what it means. And it's, it's not just like you feel the weight of that decision and, yeah. and how and, it and impacts them both
0: and when you get back to that moment and you see and you see bloodsport, you know, encountering um you know, what's about Rick Flag and and uh and peacemaker and you see the outcome of those a- that action and you see what ultimately bloodsport does like it's no, that's ratcatcher Rat at catcher. that point. Yeah. Like that's like it's just so Again, it's thoughtful action. It, it it leads the plot forward, but it also creates this incredible suspense. It's like it's Tarantino turned to eleven in some ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it has, like I've heard a lot of people say that it's very Corman. It's very Roger Corman. He was a B movie sci fi maker. And yeah, I can see where you're talking about that. But really, to me, this feels very Tarantino. The whole movie, in the the way that every time you think you know where this movie is going it is the the rug is completely pulled out from under you and you are shifted into a new direction and you have to be prepared that this movie is you know existing without your approval <laughs> you know right. what i mean well uh and, it was and, it's cool and it's like
1: going in you know with, with with suicide squad being what it is and like we're talking at the top of it you expect a lot of these characters not to make it out and I pro- we probably should have like bet on ourselves right we should have like wrote it out and said okay who do we think is going to make it out and who's not and for the most part i feel like i was right i figured blood sport i figured um uh uh king shark would be alive but i and harley quinn those were like givens i figured rick flag was going to be one to keep going but and Peacemaker and Peacemaker, they have like a they you think it's going to go one way and a couple minutes later it does it. because I was like, oh, shit, they killed Peacemaker. Guess that show is going to be a prequel, huh? Like.
0: <laughs> right. It, you know, just the, the 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 way that they keep you guessing, I think, makes this movie fun. Uh huh. If they ever get Margot Robbie back to play more Harley Quinn, which they would be just stupid to fucking not to. She just came out today saying she's ready to go. um pair her give james gunn some credit give her give him an ep credit or something or a story overseer or something and let them sit together and just make a a harley quinn harley quinn movie bring back jared leto you know Mm. give her some give her something to sink her her teeth in because we know that she can do it she we know that she can do the action but bring her back i I just I want to see more of her if they don't. This is the height of the pinnacle of great characterization. Yeah. And whoever they decide to recast, if they recast in the near future, like good fucking luck.
1: We'll never be as good.
0: Yeah. We'll never, ever hold a candle to how amazing she was in these movies and how hard she fought to bring this character to life. And either way, whether it's they bring her back or they don't like this is a successful trilogy of performances. And I think she should be very proud of how impactful her her performance will be in the future of action cinema. Yep. Period.
1: Couldn't agree more. Anything
0: else? Should we say anything else? We talked a lot. Nah, I think that's pretty much
1: it. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, DC is always a really, uh, There's always a big unknown, I guess. Like (laughs) when we covered uh, the Snyder Cut earlier this year, you never know what's going to happen. There are movies on the docket, but things with them always seem like they're on unsteady footing. Um, So will we get another Suicide Squad? Will we get a um, return of Harley Quinn? Will James Gunn come back after doing the Guardians of Galaxy Volume 3 to do other DC projects? We'll see. We don't know. But we do know that there's going to be... a. Basically a spin-off TV show with uh Peacemaker. Um Yeah, that'll be great. Hey everyone, it's Frank. Uh we had some technical difficulties here at the end of the podcast. Uh so thank you so much for sticking with us. Um I think we were just wrapping up our points on the future of GC. Um, that there's a peacemaker peacemaker TV show coming to HBO Max um with John Cena. Uh, which was kind of revealed in the post credit scene. Um, but we know that's been coming for some time now, so that'll be exciting when it comes out. James Gunn is also attached to that. Um, and then there was also the other fun, I guess, mid credit scene with with Weasel. Uh, I, I knew it. <laughs> I suspected that he uh, wasn't dead, or one, at least one of those from that opening sequence wasn't dead. Um, so uh, we will be back soon. Uh, we're going to try to wrap up the series on the mcu movies that we've never covered so hopefully we can make some time for that um there's the new what if show uh, with marvel that comes out this week um i don't think we're going to be covering it every week but uh if you guys are loving it and want us to to jump in and do some episodes on it let us know um but we will check in from time to time hopefully um there's also new movies coming out. We don't know what the release slate's going to look like. Things may shift now with this Delta variant. We'll see. Um, but there is also Hawkeye in November on Disney Plus, so that's another show we'll probably be covering, as well as uh, the Book of Boba Fett. So there will be new episodes of the Long Lost Heroes podcast uh, still to come this year. Um, so thanks so much for sticking with us and for supporting us in, in every way you can. And if you haven't already, uh please like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Pod- Podcasts. Um, you can find us on our website at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at infolonglostheroes.net. At uh, you can find us on our social media channels at LLH Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Frank. Thank you, AJ. And we will be back sometime soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.